0: I love it when you
1: read to me. Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences. And they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz.
0: Good morning, everybody. This is Janice Leibovitz back with you again. You are my people of the book. And, wow, that was quite a vibe going on before the show there. That was quite a... Lively number being played. I was having a bit of a jive around the house here. Um, great to be back. Great to have a bit of warmer weather here in Jo'burg. But my guest is down in Cape Town, and I am absolutely thrilled to be chatting this morning to Carnita Loxton. Hi, Carnita.
1: Hi, Janice. Thanks for having me this morning. That is an a little bit absolute yeah, pleasure. Also.
0: Okay. Yes, I was gonna ask because I think um it is quite a bit colder down in the Cape. Someone actually told me you guys are expecting snow somewhere around the Cape. Don't not not in actual Cape Town, I doubt that. But no. um yeah. The not
1: weather
0: down there No, no not in Cape Town. But no,
1: the we surprised every time there's a little bit of snow, but it seems to be happening more and more regularly.
0: Yeah, and I hear the weather there is really chilly. But um We've been having some nice warmer weather. Spring seems to be trying to be on her way. So let's hold thumbs that that things are picking up in that department. It is great to have you with me this morning. And Carnita is the author of three books so far that I have absolutely loved. And the names of those books are Being Carrie, Being Lily, being Shelley, and if you haven't picked up on this, yes, they are a series of books, um, and there's another one in the pipeline, we'll get to that a bit later, we'll chat about that. But just to give you some background, Carnita is in fact a qualified attorney who worked predominantly in, in the financial services industry, but more recently has worked as an executive coach, is that correct,
1: Yes, um, kind of pre-pandemic. That's what I was doing. <laughs> but, um, now I'm lucky enough to spend my time writing and doing a lot of homeschooling. Well, from last week, not so much homeschooling, but I think that's been the story for most people.
0: But I think a lot of people are going to need the coaching more <laughs> than <laughs> anything else. So um, that was that was a good move um Pre-pandemic, because yes, I think a lot of people have been needing some guidance and some coaching with everything that's been going on um and everything that people have had to deal with at the moment in this crazy world and the crazy situation we all find ourselves in. Did you always want to be a writer?
1: Um It was one of those things that you think maybe you can do one day, but it's always too big a dream and then uh the opportunity came just in the year that i turned 40 and you know that kind of makes you think oh what what can i do what can i do <laughs> and um so it, i guess it was a mini midlife crisis that spurred me on to join a masterclass and the way that the masterclass works is that you write um up to 8000 words a month and it's run by mike Nichol. i'm sure you know mike yes and he's uh, from and they give feedback every month. And, you know, it's it's um, quite a loose arrangement in the sense that they don't direct you, they don't direct your style or your story or any of that. But uh, especially for somebody like me that wasn't used to sharing my writing, it was great to have somebody um, that knew what they were doing kind of saying, yes, you're on the right track or not. And um, I quite impulsively decided to join. And at the end of the year, I had a manuscript. And um, you know, my Incredible. nature was also- I couldn't give up. So um, you know, from there it kind of just grew by itself. Um and that was now I think five years ago. So yeah. Um, being yes, carried my and first
0: I, yes, and being carried your first book was that was released in two thousand and seventeen. That's right, yes. And I think what you're saying about um people who who want to write and people who think that they want to write and who think about going into writing and who dabble a bit and and might write a few lines here and there i think what you said is quite true that you're not used to sharing your work with others
1: yes i mean i'd i'd always written little bits of things even as a child but it was for it was for my own kind of pleasure not something that i thought um you know i could do anything with it it wasn't definitely wasn't seen as a profession for me um, so it was something private that gave me pleasure And I think when I got a little bit older You kind of want to mix the thing that gives you joy With the way that you spend your time Absolutely. And I think you know the timing was right And I was in the right place in my life And also for me as a writer The life experience of it is something you know, I couldn't have written these books in my 20s right. So you know, all of it uh, came together
0: and so if you're listening to me right now and you'll know that in previous weeks, I've, I've interviewed and chatted to quite a few local authors, South African authors. And I, I hope I've managed to prove to you that South African authors do not only write books about politics and the Boer War and things like <laughs> that, which is, I think what <laughs> a lot of people tended to think, and I think there are people out there who do still think that when they think South African authors or South African books, they tend to immediately have that mental block against it. Oh, no, we don't read South African books. We don't read books by South African authors. And I really hope I have dispelled the myth, or I hope I have, have at least broken down a few of those barriers because, Karnita, I think you have been described as the South African Marion Keyes.
1: <laughs> yes, that was um, a comment that uh, one of the reviewers made and it's kind of stuck, it's something I'm very uh, happy about because I do enjoy Marion Keyes' books I find that she manages to mix um, sort of I don't want to use the word issues but relevant topics Um and she writes about them in a way that's relatable um, with real people. It doesn't feel like any information is being shoved down your throat. It's entertaining. Um, and, you know, it's the kind of style that I aspire to. So to unknowingly have been compared to Marion Keys for me it was, you know, it's a huge compliment.
0: It is a huge compliment. And I mean, I know you mentioned that she manages to mix those, those topical issues with, and with being entertaining, but I think you've missed a huge point in that you and, and Marion as well being compared to her, um, you're extremely amusing. There is a lot of humor. Thank you. A lot of real laugh out loud humor that is mixed in with to lighten some, Extremely heavy topics and extremely relevant issues. And just to give some background to the three books that have, have been currently come out of, of the series. The books are about a group of friends. So far there's Carrie, Lily and Shelley. There are other friends. And after the ad break, we are going to get into the nitty-gritty of, of this friendship. We're going to get into what the issues are, what the relevance is of the topics that you, you deal with in these books and the, the issues that these friends deal with and what women go through. We're going to take a break right now and we'll be back after that. I love it
1: when you read to me This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz.
0: I'm back with you, it's Janice Liebowitz, it's people of the book, and I am thrilled to be chatting to my guest, who is down in a bit of a chilly Cape Town, Carnita Loxton. Carnita, we're chatting about your books, which I absolutely loved, Being Carrie, Being Lily, and Being Shelley. And as I mentioned before the break, your books deal with, predominantly as a group of friends, and... As women and men know, nothing gets between women and their friends, their female friends. Female friendship is something sacred, am I right?
1: Well, yes, I think, um, as I said, I, I wrote the first book um, in the year that I turned 40. And I was, uh, as a young girl, I wasn't part of a very tight female friendship group. So for me, the whole idea of very close girlfriends was not something that I'd really experienced or related to. But as I got older and had children and all of that, I found that all of a sudden the women friendship that I was making really had a significant impact in my life in terms of you know just support in all in all areas of it really and the you know the first advice that I got when I thought about trying to write a novel was to write something that's interesting to me because you have to sustain yourself kind of over a whole year of of being able to write about it and the thing that intrigued me at the time was this um these female friendships that I found around me that were incredibly supportive and I stuck on kind of a Cape Town idea of a sex in the city I suppose um, where these friends you know lived lived through uh, events in, uh, in their lives with each other and so that's where it it started and it started with Carrie and her um, drama that happened to her. Um, And I hadn't intended for it to be a series, but at the end of being Carrie, I found that I was still really, um, in my mind, kind of mentally involved with what was happening with the rest, with the other friends, and the series grew from there.
0: Well, I'm very pleased that it did, and I'm very pleased that you didn't just leave it with Carrie and that you wanted to be involved with everyone else's (laughs) life as well. I'm thrilled that you didn't leave it there. So let's give a bit of background. We're going to go into each book, um, just a little bit, just to give a little bit of background. We don't have time, unfortunately, to, to delve into it in too much depth. But Carrie, um, is married to an Afrikaans man. She's married to Dirk. And, um, yes, as you mentioned, she's got a bit of drama. She turned her back when she married him. She walked away from her Muslim family. She she was brought up in a a strictly, strictly Muslim home, and she walked away from that. And she then experiences this drama with her husband and discovers that um, her roots actually go a lot deeper than she realized. She needs to reconnect with them and discovers that you can't actually leave where you came from, or you can leave, but it's always there.
1: Yes, what I was trying to show with Carrie, um is that she, as a as a young girl, had grown up in a very traditional family, um, and as she, I you know, I don't want to give a spoiler, but there was an event that made her, as you say, walk away from her family, even though they lived, they all lived in Cape Town. She hasn't seen them for ten years, and a catalyst for it is um, that her grandmother dies, a grandmother that she was very close to. And this draws her back into the family. So what it does, what that event does for her is it um, makes her reevaluate where she is in her life, how she can reconcile with her with her mother and her family and what kind of tail tail off she's prepared to make. And you know, I wanted that story to be one of uh, acceptance. Both for herself, in terms of where she where she comes from and the traditions and the culture that she was brought up in, but also for the community that she came from um and I mean the smaller community in the sense of her of her brother and her immediate family to come to terms with her as a as a changed individual so it's not a story of um happy endings in the sense that she goes back into the family and is completely accepted or she makes peace and leaves them and kind of lives happily ever after on her own. Right. What I wanted to get to was a was an imperfect human acceptance of of a close family member who who you might not uh, agree with everything that they do and the way that they live, but the human familial bonds that we have overrides all of it. So I hope that's not too much of a spoiler. But, no, you know, not that, at all. Uh, and that I col- think that,
0: that that what you did with Carrie and her journey and her story here made it so much more authentic because you didn't give it that uh, – also, it's not a spoiler. It's, it's not that happily ever after. Life's not like that. Yes. It's not happily ever after and they, they walk off into the sunset and, and everyone's happy families and it's just not how life is. But and it is also
1: very funny because
0: there are hilarious.
1: there are human humorous elements in life, and for me, I, I suppose it's also um a personal outlook. Is that there are dire things that happens in one's life, but there are always there's always a funny element to it. Whether you should laugh or not, you know, sometimes it's just funny anyway.
0: Yeah, and and you you really you do you do put those those laugh out loud moments in and. They are really funny and I love that balance and, and the balance of people's different approaches, people's different opinions, different attitudes. As you say, everyone has different levels of acceptance, what they're willing and able to accept and what others are not able to accept. And you've, you've managed to include many of those and there's a balance of, of all the different people, the different players, different family members, members of community, and you've brought all of that into play here. And I love Carrie's story, and people will relate to that journey because you've made it so real and so authentic. I love that. This mm-hmm. is, um, we're talking about the first um, book in the series by Carnita. It's called Being Carrie, that's K-A-R-I. And all these books are available. They are available in bookshops and, of course, online. So you can go and do a search, you can go and buy them either the books or if you prefer to read e they are readily available. The next book was about Lily, and Lily and Carrie are close friends. And when we talk about um, groups of friends and friendship groups, you know, there's always that there's an imbalance between friendships. You know, one person feels left out, the other one feels everyone knows something and they've been left out and this one's more friendly with that one and not as friendly with this one. So now here we've got Lily. So Lily and and Carrie have an extremely close friendship and Lily is, she's quite a force to be reckoned with. I was yes, quite scared, was, was quite scared um, of her.
1: The, the idea with Lily was that Um, You know, at the end of Carrie, at some point in Carrie, Lily gets engaged. And, um, you know, I I didn't want to leave it where, and and that's why Lily kept talking to me, kept talking me into writing her book, is that many romance novels end where there's an engagement and they walk happily off into the sunset. And I wanted to see what happened, you know, after that engagement. Lily is a late 30s first-time Professional bride. She's a GP, um, and she's married, uh, engaged to someone that her family doesn't, her family doesn't quite approve of. He's shorter and poorer, and a little bit browner than they would like. So um, the story follows their six weeks in the run up towards their marriage, and it really looks at the expectations that we have of being married. Uh, of the families that will form, and also in this instance of a blended family, or the possibility of a blended family, um, in the context where she, as a as a woman, has decided that she doesn't want to have children. So it examines all of those societal pressures of what marriage means, what happily ever after means, uh, what it means to should you have a family, should you have children. Um, and you know, it it even when I say it now, when I tell the story now, it sounds quite um serious. But I haven't written it that way because there's there's a lot of laughs in the run up to every wedding. So it's it's a wedding story in a sense, but it's also not. It's um a bit of a laugh at ourselves and the way that we get carried away about what our expectations of relationships are.
0: Absolutely. And also the the other theme that ran through this book was the mistakes that your parents make and the expectation that um parents do make mistakes, and the expectation of parents and their perfection, and what they want and expect from their children. And, and as you, you say, um, the guy that that Lily is engaged to is is not who they they would have wanted for her. Even though he is he's successful in his own right, and yes. he makes his own money, and he does really well. But he's just not what they wanted. Meanwhile, they themselves are far from perfect. And the curveballs that come Lily's way in the run-up to her wedding are not only obstacles that come from normal wedding planning at all, and they're obstacles that come from her parents themselves. So here they are dictating, you know, it's not quite right for you, not sure you can back out any time you like. Meanwhile, they themselves, as parents, and as we as parents do, we make mistakes, we're not perfect, we're just... That's the human condition. Yes. And that, that is a theme that runs through the book. Lily watching her parents constantly making mistakes while they try and guide her and try to tell her what they think the right thing for her will be.
1: Yes, the interesting thing for Lily also is that, um, she, the, the, the theme in the book is that her fiance's ex-girlfriend arrives Potentially with a child who might be, who might potentially be his child. So it is questioning what it means to be a family. Do you have to, you know, the ideas of nuclear families have long moved on. I, I, we're not there anymore, but it's still not the ideal that people would, or that parents would gravitate to for their children, is to be part of a blended family. And so it deals with the expectations of, um what a family means, how it's created, you know, what the bonds are between us. And, of course, it extends also not to this family that she's creating, but also to the larger friendship um, circle because these friends are supportive to each other and they become their own family. And that's really the thread that runs through all of these books is that the, the, fam- the family unit um, is almost, in a sense, being replicated by the friendship group that they've formed.
0: Yes, you know what they say, friends of the family you choose for yourself. Yes. yes. And that is 100% true. And you, you show that with, with all of these books. That theme runs throughout and I'm sure will continue in the next book. Let's get on to Being Shelley, which is yes. your most recent book that came out this year, right?
1: It came out last year. In it feels like a before, before kind of story. <laughs> <be> <laughs> it came out in September. It feels like a lifetime ago, but yeah, September of last year.
0: Okay, so that so this is being
1: Shelley. Now Shelley,
0: um, although she's very much part of the group, does start feeling quite isolated. Shelley is forty-four. Yes. And she is married to, sorry, I I have now forgotten his name. It's gone completely out of my head. And the book is on the other side of the room. So they have struggled to have children, but they have a pair of gorgeous twins. They want for nothing. They are extremely well off. And But she's really struggling with life as a whole.
1: She's struggling. Yeah. she's um i mean I, I suppose it's a stereotype already, but she is struggling at forty four she's um got the children she always wanted she's got the home in the estate with a double garage she's got a friendship circle um, she has started a new business with her best friend, so they run a coffee shop in the local mall here in cape town um so she she superficially wants for nothing. But she is incredibly insecure for many reasons. The first is that she's not as educated as her friends. So she's always feeling a little bit, um, lacking in that area. Um, and she's not the, she's not the uber mom kind of type in the sense that she wants to spend all her time with these twins that she spends so much time and effort creating. That she wow. loves them, but she, she struggles with being with with being a full-time mom, which is what she thought she was going to be. Um, so she's a partner in a coffee shop. And also what she struggles with is that her husband, Jerry is Jewish. And it, she is not a Jew. She hasn't converted. And her children are not Jewish either. So she struggles with a sense of belonging and feeling good enough in all aspects of her life. Um, so and that brings her to a crisis where she... Yeah.
0: So initially, yeah. when she first meets Jerry and his family, mm. she thinks that she's going to actually convert and become Jewish. Yes. And then realizes that because she is not really, she's not an academic. And this is something that, that, as you say, she feels like she's always on the back foot with her friends because she's not really as bright as they are. And although they know this, she she has... She's kept some of it from them. She hasn't really told them the whole truth about her lack of academic background. Um, and she feels on the back foot with them all the time about that. But when she realizes that in order to convert to become Jewish, she is going to have to study for a few years, she realizes that she's not going
1: to be able to do that. Yes, she, and, yeah,
0: and she, she signs, is, and,
1: and, um, yeah, Shelly is is street smart. She's somebody that has survived difficult times. She's um single child or a single mother and she's really pulled herself up by the by her bootstraps. She's originally from Joburg and she comes to Cape Town to reinvent herself and that's where she meets Jerry who's also from Joburg. And she, you know, he's the first guy who um, accepts her the way that she is and is somebody that wants to look after in, you know, in this, in the way that she's not experienced before. Uh, and I don't mean look after in just, uh, putting us, putting her up in the home that you always wanted, but somebody that is present for her. Uh, so they've, they've got to be good, a very good, uh, strong marriage, but at the time that they meet, uh, he's, he's not, She doesn't experience him as very religious. He's also not connected to his family, who's all in Joburg. So it doesn't feel like it's a big issue to her. And she and she wants to, she decides to convert to please his mother, essentially. Mm -hmm. But once she realizes what it means to convert, she backs off from it. And also Jerry does, it's not a deal breaker for Jerry. And so when they get married, you know, they... They both individually are happy with it, with, their cho- with her choice not to convert. But then it's as Jerry, it's as Jerry mad, gets
0: older, yes. yes. But as Jerry gets older, and now that they have the children, um, and as often happens, not always, everyone's different, but as often happens, you realize how important family is. You realize how important your roots are, and how important your culture is, and your background. And, again, to quote something that, that sounds like a bit of a cliché, if you don't know where you've come from, you don't know where you're going. And she doesn't understand his attachment to his family and to his roots and to his religion, which he starts to – he doesn't want to be religious, but he wants to reconnect with his family and with his roots. And he wants his children to have some kind of connection to his Jewish background We're going to take a break now, and we'll get back into this after the break. I love it
1: when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz.
0: I'm back. This is People of the Book. I'm Janice Liebowitz, And my guest today is Carnita Loxton, author of Being Carrie, Being Lily, and Being Shelley. And before the break, we were chatting about being Shelley and we were talking about Shelley's issue with her husband Jerry and his reattachment to his family roots and predominantly with the issue of his family's Jewish roots and her lack of understanding of him wanting to connect his children to his family and to his Jewish culture. Carnita you have to do a lot of research into this.
1: I did do quite a lot of research. Um, most of it was talking to uh Jewish people, friends, who had various degrees of I don't want to I'm not sure if it's the right way to describe it, uh of Jewishness or observance to get a wide range of perspectives. And they pointed me into uh reading and Googling and all of that kind of thing, but sure. it was mostly ba- based on um, many conversations that I had with Jewish friends, uh, which was quite interesting because it's not something that we would ordinarily talk about. Right. So, but to understand the feeling of being Jewish and the Rituals and the traditions um, And then also I have to say that Because I do come from a Muslim family myself I understand A lot of the Pull towards tradition Even though the traditions are not The same But the sense of family And the, the way that the religion Encompasses your life I think is From what I was listening to was very similar And so I, I felt like I understood That part of what Shelly was feeling excluded from.
0: Yes. And, and she talks, you talk about that in the book and Shelly mentions that in the book that she just doesn't get it. She doesn't understand that, that magnetism. What is pulling Jerry in? What is pulling Carrie in? She doesn't yeah. get Carrie's attachment and Carrie's wanting to be back in the, in the fold of her family. Why does Carrie who, who dresses like everyone else when she's not with her family. Why does she then, when she's with her family, why is she covering her hair? Where is, why is she putting on, you know, why is she going back into, to the Muslim way of dressing when she's with her family? She just doesn't get it. Why does she feel that need to, to please her mother, even though she was the one who left? She wanted to leave. But why, she doesn't understand why wow. does Jerry want to go to Friday night supper with his cousin? And why does he want to take the children? Why does he fly to, to Joburg to spend the Seder night with his mother? She yeah. just doesn't get why those roots hold so yeah. firm because she doesn't have that any kind of cultural background or, or any kind of religious hold on her. She just yeah. hasn't been given Any
1: of that. She doesn't doesn't identify with it. Shirley has a very deep relationship with her mother as a single child and her mother's passed on. So, but she wasn't, she was not part of a community in the same way or an extended family in the same way that Jerry or Carrie were. So for her, it, it is a very difficult thing to, to understand the pull and the, the attraction of it. and also, so she feels the exclusion from it quite deeply.
0: She does, yeah. She, tradition, she doesn't get tradition. But interestingly, although Lily also isn't part of a, a any kind of religious background, yeah. she gets it. And I, I love the way that you've contrasted the two of them, where one just doesn't understand it and the other one does.
1: Yeah, I think it's... For me it was important to show that difference because, you know, it, it would be an a very unfortunate assumption to make that everyone who is not religious or not part of a religious community doesn't understand or feel an attraction to be part of a community. Because a community doesn't have to be one that's defined by a religion. So Lily is very close to her to her parents. Um, And that's where she finds her kind of sense of belonging, and that's what I wanted to also to get to. That a sense of belonging doesn't have to be tied to a particular community or a particular religion. Um, It is something that you can that you can understand, um, despite where you come from. In in Shelley's particular instance, it's something that she feels a lack of uh, because her husband is drawn to it and she's not. And Shelly feels
0: the need to fight it and she, she feels the need to be that salmon swimming upstream and fighting against the tide all the time and, and fighting against what she doesn't understand where Lily is more willing to go with the flow. But they do say, um, I don't know who they is <laughs> when they refer to they, you know, they, they do say that if you don't, want tradition, if you didn't grow up with tradition, if you didn't like the traditions you grow up with, create your own. Yes. I seem to be going with a lot of cliches today. So <laughs> I apologize if if, if, uh, if you don't enjoy that. But yeah, they say create your own tradition and they say that as, as family, um, families should create their own traditions regardless of what traditions they were or weren't brought up with.
1: Yes, for me that was an important message um, that grew out of the books and in all of them is that none of these, none of the characters, none of the friends, fully fit either in the communities that they come from or the ones that they're part of. Um, There's something a little bit different about all of them, and what what I found coming out of these books is. I wanted to show a tolerance for and an understanding for people who don't who might, who might from the outside look like the stereotype and the cliche but um, maybe don't completely conform and to accept differences within communities.
0: Well, I love them all. They they don't have to conform because I love them. You but know. let's talk about Let's talk about someone who we haven't mentioned so far and who is
1: yet to come. Let's talk yes. about Diane. Yes. Okay. I'm in the thick of her at the moment. I'm I'm hoping I'm working on her quite hard. Um if all goes well, I'm hoping for the end of twenty twenty one publication date. Um if my publisher likes how it's all going. But um Di, Diane is is probably one of the most interesting characters because she's a, she's a dark horse and that what you see is definitely... Very not, much
0: so. Very what, much so.
1: She's uh, been in a long-term marriage and she's divorced. Um, cause her because her husband had an affair and they couldn't see their way through it and so she, they are divorced. Um and she's been in a relationship with a woman for a while. Um when we meet up with her in the book she's single again. But, uh, she's got a, a 16, a 15 year old daughter and a 13 year old daughter. And what happened to die is that I think m- many parents will identify it is that we learn our greatest lessons through our children. Very and her, so. her teenage daughter is teaching a lesson. Um, you know, as teenagers do. Oh,
0: but, they're such a delight.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it, it goes around and Anyway, I I can't talk about it too much because what will happen is that I'll hit a wall in the story because I've talked about I've talked it all out. But um, her her teenager makes her confront aspects of herself that she she hasn't, um, you know, she hasn't. Come out to the her relationship w- uh, with women is something that's been very private and secretive, and so her, her daughter pushes her to acknowledge and confront these aspects of herself. And of course, there's um, some fun with the with the other girls who make a who make cameos in the in the new novel also. But yeah, I'm in the thick of it, so it's I, all I can think about is is getting to tell her story.
0: Well, I can't wait to read about Diane and, um, yeah, end of 2021. That's a long time still. So,
1: yeah. um, yeah, that, the... uh, Quilla, Quilla is my publisher and they've, they've done really amazing work with me because the average time from receiving a manuscript to publication is anywhere from nine months to a year, more than a year. So, you know, to uh, for them to receive a manuscript and publish it as a traditional publisher within a year, that's quite good going.
0: Right. So, but I think they know they aren't a good thing with when he, you. We are going to be back to wrap up after this break. I love it when
1: you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz.
0: I am back, and I am with my guest, Carnita Loxton. And remember, you can get her books, Being Carrie, Being Lily, and Being Shelley. They are available in all good bookshops and also online. So, Carrie, Carrie, Carnita, it has been wonderful having you as a guest with me today. Thank you so much for giving me your time and for chatting to me about... Your amazing books, which I absolutely loved, and I really recommend that people read them. As I said, South African authors do not only write politics and all that stuff. We have amazing, amazing fiction writers here who write wonderful books. Please go out and get the books. And Conita, I cannot wait for being Diane. Oh,
1: thank you very much. It. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's been great to talk about what's happened uh, before all of this and looking forward to what's coming after.
0: Thanks so much. And for you listening to me, special treat next week, our very own culture vulture, Roz Bassarabi, will be chatting to me about her brand-new book, The Colors of My Life, A Journey into Self-Realization. So please join me here, same time, same place, And until then, keep safe, keep warm and keep reading.